My walk with Farrakhan I bear witness to the man and his works Believe that my walk with Farrakhan Spreading life and always aiming to put his people first uh, Motivating and liberating My people with melanin want to see you thriving and educated No debating, he's a spiritual leader So make sure you tune in, trust you gotta see it Cause this is my walk with Farrakhan I bear witness to the man and his works Believe that I'm tired of marching Tired of marching for something that should have been mine at birth. I don't mind saying to you tonight. I don't mind saying to you tonight that I'm tired. Who taught you to hate the texture of your hair? Who taught you to hate the color of your skin to such extent that you bleach to get like the white man? Who taught you to hate the shape of your nose and the shape of your lips? Who taught you to hate yourself from the top of your head to the soles of your feet? Who taught you to hate your own kind? Who taught you to hate the race that you belong to? So much so that you don't want to be around each other. No, before you come asking Mr. Muhammad, does he teach hate? You should ask yourself, who taught you to hate being what God gave you? Taught you to hate the texture. Peace, family. It's Brother Mustafa Abdul Muhammad with the My Walk with Farrakhan podcast. Welcome again to another episode of the My Walk with Farrakhan podcast. We thank you and we always appreciate you and welcome you to this show where we talk about self improvement, becoming one with God, and finding our own greatness walking with God. On this episode of the My Walk with Farrakhan podcast, I just wanted to talk about the reality of black leadership and how we treat mistreat our black leadership historically we have had many great black leaders come among us from Frederick Douglass to Sojourner Truth to Harriet Tubman to Martin Luther King to Malcolm X the Honorable Elijah Muhammad the Honorable Louis Farrakhan Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad uh, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton. I'm just reaching on all the names. I know there may be disagreements among us as to as to some of them being leaders or names being called out. But I just want to call out some of the most well-known names of those who have strove or strive to do some measure of effort to make life better for the black people and black community of uh, black leadership. But in our community. We have a um, habit, if you will, of worshiping dead leaders. Worshiping dead leaders, not worshiping or supporting living leaders. We often will, while our leader is among us, our leaders are ignored, our leaders are not supported, our leaders are shunned. And they have to work among a few, but they don't get the support of the whole to make things happen for our, com- our community. Case in point, you know, Martin Luther King is a well-beloved figure today. You know, they have statues of Martin Luther King. They got streets named after Martin Luther King. Um, other monuments and things in honor of Martin Luther King. But when Martin Luther King 
was alive, he didn't get all the support that he receives now in death. There was even one story told once where Martin Luther King went to a city and the black preachers met him at the bus station of this particular city and told him to get the hell up out of here. We don't want you in this city. We don't want you causing trouble and exacerbating tensions between black and white. They told him to get the hell up out of there, man. And when Martin Luther King died, his approval rating inside of America was at an all-time low. Because Brother Martin Luther King went from just being a man focused on nonviolence and so-called integration and uh, integrating a uh, lunch counter or a toilet to calling out American hypocrisy. And in his calling out American hypocrisy, he saw how America would pat him on the back for teaching black men to be nonviolent against white violence. But this same America that patted him on the back for encouraging black men to be nonviolent to white violence recruited these same black men who were told to be nonviolent to go to Vietnam and to be violent as hell in the jungles of Vietnam against the Viet Cong. And that was considered all right because you were being violent on my behalf. So Martin Luther King said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, man. How can you, on one hand, encourage black men to be nonviolent when you are killing them and bombing their church for little black girls in Birmingham, Alabama, and you telling them not to be violent? But it's okay for them to go into the jungles of uh, Vietnam and be violent against the Viet Cong. So Martin Luther King began to call out America. He began to speak against the war against Vietnam. He began to speak against the military-industrial complex. He spoke about the triple evils of racism, militarism, and, and um, poverty. And so he went from being a darling in America to becoming a hated figure in America. And all the way up to his death, he was a hated figure in America. A lot of the well-to-do bourgeois black people did not want to have anything to do with Martin Luther King because black people like that, they were comfortable. They was okay. They didn't see racism in their face. As long as they had a good car, a good job, and a smile from white folks' face, they were satisfied. They didn't see the struggle or the connection with what was going on with their people. So Martin Luther King... Love figure today was hated, misunderstood, and not fully supported in his lifetime. Let's talk about Malcolm X, El Hajj Malik El Shabazz. You got you got a movie out of Malcolm X. Back in my day in 92, 93, at the heyday of the Malcolm X mania, they had the Malcolm X hats, the Malcolm X shirts, um, Malcolm X posters, Malcolm X was on, on rap albums, Malcolm X was talked about here, there, everywhere. You know, it was X time. But when Malcolm X was among us, both when he was in the Nation of Islam and after he left the Nation of Islam, Malcolm was not a love figure. Black people was running from Malcolm X. If Malcolm X was walking down one street in Harlem, black people would get on the other side of the street to avoid um, confrontation or being in the path of Malcolm X. 
because Malcolm X was calling, he was calling out black people who wanted to get in bed with white people. He was calling us out for eating pork. He was calling us out for um, um, integrating into the United States of America. He was calling us out for um, assimilating into white values and white norms and white culture. Malcolm was calling us out. He was calling us out for getting involved in what's called the white man's religion. Malcolm was calling us out. Malcolm was calling us out for having that white Jesus on our wall. Malcolm was calling us out for having the name of the slave master or those which own our ancestors. Malcolm was calling us out. So most black people were offended by Malcolm and didn't want to have anything to do with Malcolm, both when he was in the nation and after he left the nation of Islam. That is facts. But oh, it's only after Brother Minister Malcolm was dead and gone and white people said it's safe now that now we put Malcolm X on a stamp. Oh, now we put a movie on Malcolm. Oh, now we can wear the shirts of Malcolm. Now we can say the name of Malcolm because white folks say it's safe. It's all right now to talk about Malcolm X, El Haj Malik, El Shabazz. But when the man was alive, when he needed your support, when he needed your money, when he needed your intelligence and your know-how and your strategic skills to build a movement to save and uplift black people. Where were you at that time? So we are people that ignore, do not support black leadership when they are alive. But once they are dead and gone and white people say it's all right, then we want to show our support. We want to hail them as our leader. We want to put their picture on the wall and say, see, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, that's my leaders right there. That's who I roll with. Marcus Garvey, that's my leader right there. Noble Drew Ali, that's my leader right there. Nat Turner, that's my man right there. But where were you when they were alive? Where were you when they needed the support and the effort of our people? And the same leads right down to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Though he has received a lot of support in modern day times case in point the million man march where he had nearly two million black men showed up to washington dc on october 16 1995 to support him in a call for atonement reconciliation and redeeming of our communities and our families he did receive that support universally by black men so in modern day times, he has been one of the greatest supported black leaders. But at the same time, he's still shunned like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. He's still not given the total support of our community so that he can do the great things that he has envisioned. But as soon as the armed men's Louis Farrakhan is no longer among us and white people say it's safe. See, we always waiting for white people to say it's safe. We can't make a move until they say it's okay now. You can acknowledge so-and-so as a leader. It, it, it's okay. I'll let you do it now, boy, girl. So once he's gone and white people say it's safe, then we'll put a picture of the Armin's Louis Farrakhan on the wall. We'll say, we'll name a street after Farrakhan. We'll name an alley after Farrakhan. And we will say with honor, <laughs> you know what I was doing? I was driving down Farrakhan Way yesterday. I was driving down Farrakhan Highway yesterday. I was driving down Farrakhan Street yesterday. Farrakhan was a great leader. Farrakhan is my leader. I love Farrakhan. But Farrakhan is alive and among you right now. And Farrakhan needs your support. 
Farrakhan needs your monetary support. Farrakhan needs your intelligence, your know-how, and your abilities and skills so that we can build something for black people right now. Don't wait till he's dead and gone and then you want to acknowledge him and call him your leader. Don't wait to uh, follow a dead Farrakhan, follow a living Farrakhan. Farrakhan needs your help in your hands right now. So, fam, we got to break out of this habit of ignoring and not paying our leadership no mind until they're dead and gone. And we have to stop saying that there's no leadership in the black community. Because when we point out that I'm Ms. Louis Farrakhan, we always go back to, well, there ain't no leadership no more. Leadership died with Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. But as I pointed out earlier, if you say that's so, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X weren't even supported by the by um the, uh, black people as a totality for real. We being honest and for real. So you can't look back and say, well, they were the leaders and we need to go back to their era. They weren't even supported by their contemporaries. So we just don't want to follow any type of black leadership. And we use excuses and come up with all type of crazy answers to uh, the um, black leadership being presented to us. And we like to say, well, we don't need no black leadership. Um, what about white people? They don't have, Where are they white leaders at? Let me tell you what white people leaders are. They're called governors. White people leaders are called mayors. They're called presidents. They're called police chiefs. They're called the sheriffs. They're called mayors. They're called congresspersons. They're called senators. They're called CEOs. That's white leadership because white people know that everything rises and falls on leadership. You have to have somebody to lead and somebody to set the vision and somebody to guide people in a vision. That's, that's a universal standard. What child would come up and say, I don't need no parents and you ain't never even been here before. You don't even know what life is about. And you're going to sit there and say, I don't need no parents. A child needs a parent. I'm not trying to compare black people to say we're children. And we need a paternalistic person over there to tell us, go to the bathroom and pee, uh, put on your pants, eat your dinner, and thus and so. I'm not saying that, but I'm, I'm saying that we do need some leadership. Because if you look in our community, our community is the reflection of not having no leadership. And our rejection of leadership and not thinking that we need anybody to tell us what to do. Our community is evidence. We need somebody to tell us what to do. Over 70% of our black homes are female-headed with no man in a home. Our children are not growing up in balanced homes. Our women are courageous and they're giants and they're doing what they got to do to raise our beautiful black children. But I'm sure it would be much easier and a better situation if we had a man in the home helping that woman to raise those children, guide those children, and be an example for those children. So 70% of our homes right now are female-headed with no man in it. How can our young boys grow up to be a strong black man if there's no black man in front of him to show him an example of a black man? How can our young black girls feel protected and see an example of the man she want to grow up and have as a husband or have a relationship with if she's never seen a man in a home or a healthy relationship between man and woman? So our communities are reflections that we need somebody to tell us what to do. Our health disparity is the worst ever. Our men are being locked up. Our men and our sons are being killed. Our police are beating the hell out of us and killing us at will and we're getting no justice. Our streets 
and our communities are being ran economically by other races of uh, whites and Mexicans and Arabs and uh, Indians and anybody else that wants to come in and get their piece of the rock coming into the black community. Our community is evidence. We need somebody to tell us what to do because us working on our own have not done great things to make our community great. So why don't we listen to why don't we try to listen to Farrakhan? Farrakhan said, I don't want you to worship me or follow me in a vain kind of way. I'm not asking you to put me on a pedestal and make me your parent. He said, follow what God has got has guided me to give to you. Now Ms. Lewis Farrakhan is telling us to buy up the land in our community. What's wrong with that? Farrakhan is telling us to own the businesses where we live at. What's wrong with that? Farrakhan is saying that we got to get our own farmland because he's saying that we got to get our mouth out the white man kitchen. A man that won't treat you right will not feed you right. So we got to stop eating their deaf food and stop eating their poison food and stop eating the deaf that they're putting in the black community. Because when they have a store in the black community, they give us the worst meat, the worst canned goods, the worst vegetables, the worst of everything because they don't see no value in us. But if we have our own farmland, then we can go to the earth and we can plant good um, seeds and good, good, get good crops, organic and otherwise, that will, uh, that will give our bodies health and longevity of life. We can do that among ourselves. And then we can have food co-ops and trade among each other with the, our crops that we get from our own farms. Farrakhan is doing that right now. We have 1,600 acres of farmland right now in the Nation of Islam. But that's not enough to feed 30 to 40 million black people. We need lots of farmland to feed all our people. So Farrakhan is telling us to get our own farmland. Farrakhan is telling us to own the businesses where we stand. Farrakhan is telling us as men to qualify ourselves and be good husbands to our wives and fathers to our children. What's wrong with that? Farrakhan is telling us that we have to become the men that we will police our own communities and become the conflict resolution sources for the problems that ail our community. What's wrong with that, fam? Farrakhan says that black people has pointed out that we make $1.3 trillion a year in purchasing power as a race. And with that kind of money, we can fund our own HBCUs. We can fund our own black organization, the NAACP, NAACP the SCLC, the Urban League, other black organizations because when white people put their money in black organizations they put their authority and their opinions in those black organizations and through their money and their influence they end up running our black organizations and if we step out of line and don't do what they think we should do in our black organization they pull our money and because we don't pool our own money then that ends our organization because we depending on white philanthropy and white people money so farrakhan is Telling us things, common sense things that we can do to better our community. So, but we, we can't continue to be arrogant. We can't, you know, fall back and worship dead leaders. As good as they were, our dead leaders are not here to guide us in modern day times. They're not here to tell us what guidance to do in 2020, 2021, and going forward. So, I just wanted to shoot this video, excuse me, record this podcast. I'm so used to still shooting YouTube videos. I'm transitioning over to recording uh, podcasts. But um, thank you again for coming on to My Walk with Farrakhan podcast. And 
Don't, don't, don't follow dead leaders, man. We honor dead leaders. We find inspiration from dead leaders. But as the Bible says, let the dead bury the dead. Let the living look after the living. So, don't miss Louis Farrakhan. He's a living man in our midst. He's a living black leader. And he's following the spirit of all of those that came before us. Because all of our black leaders, all they wanted to do was see us in a better condition. All they wanted to see us receiving was freedom, justice, and equality. All they wanted to see us receive was our fair due in America and to make a place where we can live in peace and harmony among ourselves. So, family, I leave you in peace. I thank you for tuning in to another episode of the My Walk with Farrakhan podcast. Tune in again. We'll address other subjects. And like, share, subscribe, tell someone about this podcast. If you have some suggestions of topics you think that'll be of value that we should address that we haven't addressed we'll be more than happy to uh, look into that and also next year we're looking to add interview format to the my walk with farrakhan podcast i got some amazing guests lined up that we're going to bring on the podcast and interview and allow them to share their viewpoints and to share their knowledge and their expertise and to give us some guidance and some game and let us know what's going on. So look out for that. we got some great interviews coming up. So have a blessed night or day, whichever time you receive this podcast. And I will see you on another episode of the My Walk with Farrakhan podcast. Peace, fam. My Walk with Farrakhan. I bear witness to the man and his works. Believe that. Uh, My Walk with Farrakhan.